Happy Monday, everybody. Welcome into the Extra Points NFL Podcast. Gabriel Flewellen here. How was it? That is my first question, you guys. How was that first dose of NFL football? Granted, not exactly real NFL football. It was pretty much exactly how I imagined it being. Uh, it, was, it was a preseason game. It was the Hall of Fame game. But with that being said... Um, it, it was just incredible, at, le- at least for me, just seeing NFL jerseys on a field, helmets, people catching. Oh my goodness, it was it was incredible for me. It was it was an experience. It was not the greatest football, but I I was at the point where seeing Jarrett Stidham play for the Raiders and Jake Luton suit up for the. For the Jaguars, seeing those two go at it, that was more than enough for me. It was not really an exciting game. It was it was weather delayed. And it's funny because at one point, um, like I mentioned in last pod, um, I love love watching everything football with my father. That's kind of our thing. He he got home, he can't, he was watching it with me, and he said it's only the second quarter and yeah that was and it was probably 15 seconds into the second quarter and that, that that pretty much sums up the sums up the hall of fame game but hey nonetheless it was some football it's back and as of recording this uh it being a sunday i'm planning to release it on a monday as a monday pod but as of this sunday it is the last sunday until mid late February with no NFL football from here on out there will be football every Sunday and oh my goodness it is something that oh my goodness it's all those it's the crying Odell Beckham Jr. meme it's the no Sean Marino the single tier it's that meme it's the Troy Aikman in the booth it, it's beautiful it is beautiful I finally Tears of happiness are flowing down my face. But with that being said, I wanted today I really wanted to talk about just some pre-preseason predictions for you guys. Uh, it's We're right before the preseason games, during all the training camps and stuff. Those are starting to wrap up. So news is kind of at a low right now. Not as low as it was a month ago. But I, I, I wanted to go right now and get into some of my pre-preseason predictions and really just get into that. So I wanted to give you guys record predictions for all 32 NFL teams. Um, obviously, we're just going to touch on them quickly. I don't want to keep you guys here too long. Only so much of my, my voice you guys can take. But that includes going over the playoff seedings and kind of just giving a little blurb on your team, how I think that things are going to go for you stuff like that but before beforehand I just wanted to get into one thing that's not really a story of training camp but it's something that I just really wanted to get into and something's I've been noticing and it might be a bold take might be a kind of mainstream take but just hear me out on it there's always always something I think everyone can point to an experience in their life when they just knew before it even happened it's just not going to go well. 
Now this could be an experience for you. This can be kind of something that someone said that they were going to do that immediately you were like, yeah, that's just a bad idea. That's not going to end well. Uh, for me, uh, I'll throw something out there. Going in, going into my freshman year of college, my my roommate situation was not the greatest. Uh, I only only lasted not even a full year in in the dorms just because uh, my freshman year we hit that COVID situation, so we had to get sent home early into my uh, second semester. But even before I moved in first semester, my freshman year, I knew I knew in my gut. It was not going to be good, at least roommate-wise, like for my rooming situation. Um, now, that's not to say that my roommate was a bad person, but I it we, we reached out, we connected maybe a couple of weeks prior to actually moving on to campus, maybe a month before, because I, I had to move on early just for um, sports, and my roommate didn't do any sports. Uh, needless to say, when we tried to connect over over text, it, it became pretty apparent within maybe 10 minutes that we're complete polar opposites of one another. And I just got that feeling in my stomach like, this isn't going to go well. And I remember trying to talk myself into it a lot. I was say saying to my older brother, my mother, my parents, and they knew that I was so excited to meet uh, my roommate for the first time before I got to kind of know him over text because... My older brother, he went to college the year prior, and his roommate, they were made for each other. They hit it off. They were best friends. It was a match made in heaven, and they're still great friends to this day, and I was so excited for something like that, and maybe 10 minutes into texting him when I got his number from the school, I was like, ooh, I'm not sure this is going to go too well. I remember trying to justify it to my parents, like, oh, no, it, it'll be great, like, hey, uh, we're complete opposites. That could be a good thing. Well, I'll, I'll be exposed to something new, stuff like that. Just you know, the the denial stage, I guess, of it all. Trying to trying to really sell myself on everything. And needless to say, I was completely right. My gut was right. It was not not a good experience. It was it was a little bit of a mess. Uh, not because he was a bad person. It was just. Did not really mix too well. Two different people. I was into sports. I'd go to bed early, wake up on time, classes in the morning, stuff like that. And the opposites where it's video games all night, sleep through the day. I'm a neat freak. Roommate was complete opposite of that. It, yeah, uh, I digress. But I'm really getting those kind of vibes coming out of Chicago. In Chicago Bears fans, I am so sorry. I do not want to want to be that guy to bash your team, but I honestly see the Chicago Bears, and this ties into my prediction so far. I think that they are going to be in strong contention for or sole possession of the first pick in next year's draft. I, I, I cannot see any avenue where the Chicago Bears are going to be a good team this season. And... That goes into issues they have at training camp. It goes into issues that they've had even since last season that they just never fixed. And even though they brought in a whole new regime, I just can't see anything like that fixing it. It simple as that. I mean, if you look at it, there's Justin Fields promising. 
did not have a great rookie season. I mean, that's mo- mainly because their team was terrible last year, but what did they do to help? I mean, if even if you look at the Jets, they had a terrible team. They brought in so many different things for Je- for Zach Wilson. For Trevor Lawrence, you can say the same thing. They brought an off they brought an offense um basically a brand new one in for him. They brought in an offensive-minded head coach. I mean, he has essentially a new team. For Justin Fields, they they didn't. Uh, they, they traded Khalil Mack. Granted, he's on the defensive side of the ball. They let a couple offensive linemen walk who they had an average offensive line to begin with. And now it's arguably even worse. I mean, Riley Reef, Cody Whitehair, Lucas Patrick... The, the, those are really that that's the that's the left side of your line and that's your center and Lucas Patrick I mean and then you have the news coming out about Tevin Jenkins who has apparently apparently the Bears are out shopping him not maybe not directly shopping him but looking for someone to trade for him uh, he's apparently clashed with the team I know he did come out and say no no everything's fine but it's coming out that his work ethic is in question. He's just not a great fit for the culture, yada yada yada. And he was, he was, he was a second round pick last year, and he was pro- like a projected first round pick. He has he had high upside. Scouts loved him, and granted, he was hurt all of last season with a back issue. But losing someone like that, especially on the offensive line for Justin Fields, that's that's going to be a huge hit if they lose him, and even if. They keep him. I mean, if he really does have bad work ethic, that's that's probably not someone you want on your team. Your offense in general is just going to be a disaster. Now, I love David Montgomery, running back. I think he has a lot to offer. I think Khalil Herbert last year, um, he came in pretty well and performed pretty well in spurts. But outside of that, there's no receivers. Who can Justin Fields throw the ball to? Honestly, David Montgomery, the checkdown might be the best option. They they recently traded for Keel Harry, and recently at training camp, what maybe his first, second, third day, he just absolutely destroyed his ankle. It's supposed to be a really serious, potentially season-ending ankle injury for Keel Harry, which absolutely stinks. I know he came from the Patriots and he was a bust there, but. I really wanted to see him make something of himself because you never root for these guys to fail, even if they go to a team that you're not a fan of. But who else do they have? Yes, they have Darnell Mooney, but I mean he had a, he had a, he had a good season last year, and I'm I'm buying into the Darnell Mooney hype. But can Justin Fields get him the ball is a big thing. And now that Darnell Mooney's the number one guy, he doesn't have an Allen Robinson that's going to get double teamed to take take defenders away from him I mean Darnell Mooney is the one in this offense now so he's going to be getting the double coverage so who else do they have I mean Byron Pringle they traded for him but he's been dealing with a lot of issues through training camp and coming or they signed him in free agency but he was like the fourth option in Kansas City he wasn't that great what's he going to be now from going from Patrick Mahomes to Justin Fields. And that's not to knock Justin Fields. It's just to knock... I mean, it's Patrick Mahomes. He's incredible. And then, I mean, they drafted Velas Jones. I think he's still dealing with some injuries. He's a 25, 26-year-old receiver as a rookie. Can't really bank on him. And then the depth behind that, 
uh, Equinemius, St. Brown, Des Newsome, David Moore. I think they have Dante Pettis in there as well. It's just really uninspiring. At, at tight end, I love Cole Komet. I think he has a lot of upside, but then again, we really just need to see what he's going to do with Justin Fields at quarterback. It's all really contingent on Justin Fields. If he takes a huge step, then I will be eating my words, but I just don't think he can take that step with the state of his offensive line, the degradation of his pass catchers. It's just not going to be good. And then their defense, uh, obviously trading away um, Khalil Mack, losing Akeem Hicks. They're, They're really just down to bare bones. I mean, they have have Roquan Smith. He's a he's a stud, but a linebacker, especially in today's day and age, can't carry your team. I love Jaquan Brisker. I think I thought he was a great draft pick. Kyler Gordon, a great draft pick of last year. I think that they can take steps, but outside of Eddie Jackson in the secondary, they don't really have any consistently good players. I'm a, I'm a big Eddie Jackson guy, but yeah, I. I, I'm out on the Chicago Bears. I think they're going to be a train wreck this year. I'm sorry, Chicago Bears fans, but I, th- I think you guys are going to be in contention for, if not really just locking down that number one pick. Now, with that being said, I really wanted to get into some of my pre-preseason predictions. Now, obviously, these can change depending on the outcomes of preseason, if injuries or anything like that happen. If maybe someone's named starter that I didn't quite see or take into account before coming up with these, but I just wanted to touch on each division, each team really quickly, give a little bit of a, uh, my opinion, at least at this point on the teams in the NFL, how I see it playing out at least thus far. And like I said, these things can change. I might do this again before the season officially kicks off, but yeah, I, I just wanted to jump into that. So we'll go division by division, then I'll give you a summary of how I have the team's ranking and the record prediction. So we'll start off with the AFC East. Now, I know I am a self-proclaimed Bills fan. Um, I grew up a Bills fan. Father's a Bills fan. So I'm, I, I did my best to stare at this objectively. Um, I do have the Bills coming out on top in this division. I think they're by far and away the best team uh, and honestly, in my predictions, full scale, they came out to being the best team in the AFC. I had the Bills getting the one seed in the AFC, but also that obviously means winning their division. I have them going 14-3. and three. Now, I understand that that's a little rich, but how it's looking now with Matt Stafford apparently dealing with um, a pretty pretty serious sounding injury in his, um, th- in his throwing arm, and him, his status for week one against the Bills potentially up in the air. I think that that slides the Bills another win. I originally thought that the Bills might lose that one, but it's looking more and more um, with the injury to Matt Stafford, injury to Van Jefferson, that the Bills might just get the upper hand there. And then looking at the rest of their schedule, it, it looks relatively daunting, but I can make an argument for them to win every single game on their schedule. And take my homerism aside... Or call me a homer if you want, but I, I, I just can't see them losing too many games. I can see 14 and 3, 13 and 4, something like that, but in every every way, like I, I see them coming out on top in the AFC East and in most cases on top in the AFC. Now, right below them, it was a toss up between the Dolphins and the Patriots, but 
I'm really going to have to stick with the Dolphins here. I have the Dolphins going 11-6. and six. The Patriots being in third place in this division at 8-9. and nine. And then the Jets, even though they had so much, just they, they had a great offseason. They had a great draft, but they, they still need so many things to gel. And this is a huge, a huge just spot where I could miss here. I have the Jets going 3-14. The Patriots going 8-9. Dolphins going 11 and 6, Bills going 14 and 3. Obviously, that's bottom to top. The Jets can make me look stupid. And three games is a very, very low amount, but they just have a brutal schedule. And even the games that I can see them winning, they're either facing a team that's coming off a bye or they are on the road or just something like that. So I just can't see the Jets doing too great. Patriots. Listen, I, you have you have Bill Belichick, and I think that Mac Jones is a good, consistent quarterback. I'm just really iffy on the weapons. I think, especially with the departure of the J.C. Jackson, Stephon Gilmore, obviously this will be the next season without him, but your secondary just doesn't look too great anymore. Uh, Matt Judon, can he stay consistently great? Like, I mean, he started off last season pretty hot, but ended ended not so great. So. The, the Patriots, I think you're going to take a step back, especially with the lack of weapons on offense and being right around 500. Dolphins, I love the addition of Tyree Kill. Love Taron Armstead coming in here. You're just going to ride or die with Tua. But I think if Tua plays replacement level, which I think that that's his floor, I think that you guys are going to be a good winning team. So I have the Dolphins going 11-6. and six. And actually, they'll be coming out with the seventh seed in the AFC. Now, next in the AFC, we'll hit the AFC North. I have the Bengals winning that division, actually, which surprised me. I personally thought that I would have the Ravens above. But um, at this point, I have the Ravens coming in second. The Steelers actually edging out the Browns for third place, and the Browns coming in last. Now, that does really involve a little bit of speculation because it's taking into account the first six games of no to Sean Watson, but I also do believe that the NFL is going to give the Browns a little bit more of a heavier suspension for Deshaun Watson, so I'm going to, I am going I think he's going to be out for a little bit more than six games, and even if he is out in six games, I don't think that the Browns can get it rolling late enough with their rough schedule to come out on top. I can see him getting third, maybe being interchangeable with the Steelers for third and fourth, but no higher than that. But yeah, in first place for the Bengals, that surprised me a little bit, but I, I think that they did a good good job with their offensive line, creeping back towards average with it. And I think as long as they have an eh O-line, they're going to be a good team. They had a terrible offensive line last year. And now that they revamped it, I, I can really only see them getting better. Obviously, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. I can't wait to see another year of them. T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, Joe Mixon. They signed Hayden Hurst in free agency. I think they're going to have an explosive offense just like last year. And with Zach Taylor getting his extension, I think he's going to be more than happy to rest on his laurels and just let Joe Burrow throw that thing all over the yard. I have him going 11-6. and six. The Ravens also have them at 11-6. and six. It's just the only thing that's coming up for me is their lack of pass catchers. Now, I know I love Rashad Bateman. I, I I think he's going to take a step. I think he can be the number one 
And I do like Mark Andrews. I think Mark Andrews is a really, he's an elite underrated tight end. Uh, I don't think he's thrown in the mix as the best tight end in the league as much as he should be. And I think he has a damn good argument to be that. It's just outside of that, I they're, they're just uninspiring. And I know that they're, they're a running team. They, they run the ball. That, that's what they do. It's just, I think you need, you need pass catchers, especially in today's league. So I have them also at 11 and 6, but losing out on tiebreakers to the Bengals. And then I have the Steelers and Browns both going 7 and 10, but the Steelers just beating out the Browns based on tiebreakers. So just to recap for the AFC North, the Bengals at 11 and 6, the Ravens at 11 and 6, the Steelers at 7 and 10, the Browns in last at 7 and 10. So out of this division, I have the Bengals actually as the second seed in the AFC at 11 and 6, which is kind of crazy to think about. But that's just how talented this AFC is. There's going to be a lot of teams that are 11 and 6 that make the playoffs, and then there's going to be some which, in this scenario that I played out, the Ravens going 11 and 6 missed the playoffs at the eight seed, which I I I, I didn't think that that would come to fruition. I I was thinking that based on like just looking into it, I would have felt that the, that I would have the Ravens as a postseason team, but as of right now, just not seeing it. Next for the AFC West, I have the Chiefs in first, still at 11 and 6. Chargers in second with an 11 and 6 record. The Broncos in third, and then the Raiders in fourth, both with 10 and 7 records. Now this is obviously going to be the best division. I believe in all of football. It, it, it's it's incredible. You have four great quarterbacks. Sure, I'll throw Derek Carr in at great in. If he's the fourth best quarterback, he's still a top 12 quarterback. So having the worst quarterback in your division be top 12, that's just ridiculous. These rosters are all loaded. I honestly think that they're going to split with one another. So the Chiefs will split with the Chargers, Broncos, Raiders. The Chargers will split with the Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, etc., etc. You know, you're catching my drift. And it's really just going to come down to beating the other teams on your schedule in I know the Chiefs lost Tyreek Hill. I know they took a lot of damage and they didn't really replace him. And I, they're just still the Chiefs. And someone in that division is going to have to knock them off until I replace them. I think that the person that the team that's most likely to knock them off is the Chargers. But I, I, I still think the Chargers will make the playoffs. But I, I think. They're just going to need to beat the Chiefs until I can firmly put them above it. But the Chargers are going to be an incredible team as well. Obviously, Herbert, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. I love their offense. They have a great offensive line. They just revamped their defense, bringing in J.C. Jackson, bringing in Khalil Mack. Oh, my goodness, they're incredible. See if Brandon Staley can really work on that. <laughs> work, work on his, I guess, overall play calling. Maybe not going for it on 4th and 10 from your own like 10-yard line. Uh, but I have faith in the Chargers. And then the Broncos and Raiders, I have them both missing out on the playoffs at 10-7. and seven. Um, Broncos being the 9 seed, the Raiders being the 10 seed. It's For me, it's just it's, it's a first-year chemistry kind of thing for their biggest components, I guess. For the Broncos, yeah, they've had that established defense, but they're losing Vic Fangio, and he's a great defensive coach. We need to see if they can still uphold that defense. But then 
I know they're getting Russell Wilson. He's a huge upgrade over Drew Locke, over Teddy Bridgewater. And it's I, I think it's going to be a breakout year for Jerry Judy, Cam Sutton. They did just lose Tim Patrick, but I love KJ Hamler. But, I mean, Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. Oh, my goodness. It's just looking over these teams. It's ridiculous to see him going 10-7. and seven. But when you have a loaded division, uh, you can only win so much in your division. I only have them. I, I said I had them splitting. It's really just going to come down to that first year where Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett, that I think they're going to need to get ironed out before they can truly become a playoff team in this division. Then for the Raiders, it's Carr and Adams. They, I, I know they have that college chemistry, but it's been a couple of years since, since college. So I really just want to see them establish that. And then obviously a new head coach, new play caller, and Josh McDaniels. He's going to need to establish everything. So I think this year, the Raiders are going to take a backseat in the division. Next year, depending on how everything shakes out, they can be a dark horse Super Bowl contender, even more so than they are now. Now, finally, the AFC South. I think this is the kind of the worst division in the AFC. It's going to be at least the least entertaining to watch because I think that there's really two teams uh, in the Colts and Titans that could win the division but even even from that I think that the Colts are arguably decidedly a better team just because they have less holes than the Titans do so I have the Colts winning that division at 11 and 6 the Titans um, coming in at 11 and 6 as well just losing out on tiebreakers then I have the Texans at 5 and 12 and then the Jags at 2 and 15 which that, that that's a really bad record that is a horrendous record, which would put them in contention for the first overall pick again. But I I don't know. They, they just have a pretty rough schedule. And I, I want to see them. And I, and I can easily envision them going 7-10 and 10 because I have the utmost amount of faith in Trevor Lawrence. It's just I just need to see it to believe it. I really do. I believe in Doug Peterson. I believe in what they can do with that defense with Josh Allen and uh, Miles Jack. And obviously they signed Trayvon Walker, who looked incredible in that preseason game. It's just I, I, I need to see it before I can move them up. Um, keeping the Colts at the top of the division, well, having them become the top of the division, obviously they weren't last year, the Titans were. But I think Matt Ryan is just more stable. It gives you more stability over Carson Wentz. And I think that stability is all they need to really take that driver's seat. Um, I think with the Titans losing A.J. Brown and not really replacing him, obviously you sign Robert Woods and Traylon Burks. But can those two replace A.J. Brown and Julio Jones? Maybe, but I don't think right away. Uh, Ryan Tannehill is Ryan Tannehill. Uh, he's I, I, I don't have too much faith in him to will this this roster to a division title again. Uh, Mike Vrabel, I love him. I think he's an incredible underrated coach. Uh, he can just take any team like he did last year and bring them to the tops in the, in the division. But I think that their defense is the same, if not took a step back. And the loss of A.J. Brown and some of their offensive linemen and then Derrick Henry getting just a little bit older, I think... I think they're still going to be a viable team, and I still have them making the playoffs. Don't get me wrong, but I think they're just going to take a backseat to the Colts this year, especially after what the Colts did and going out and signing Matt Ryan. So just to recap on the AFC, I have the Bills as the one seed, Bengals as the two seed, Chiefs as the three seed, Colts as the four seed. 
The Chargers are going to be the first wildcard team coming in at number five. Titans are going to be the sixth seed. And then finally, the Dolphins will be the seventh seed closing out the playoffs. And that's how I have the, the AFC going. So now transitioning over into the NFC. We'll start with the NFC East. I have the Eagles winning it. I, I'm sorry. I'm buying into the hype. I, I just can't. I, I cannot not buy into it at this rate. I just, every single time I start to say, well, if Jalen Hurts isn't good, this team might not be great. But it, it's like the Dolphins. I feel like all he needs to do is be replacement level. And he, he is replacement level as a passer. I don't think he's a great passer at all. But what he adds with his legs, I think boosts him up to above average. I would put him in the top 16 of quarterbacks, maybe. But really, that's all the Eagles need to be a contender. They have such a soft schedule, especially in the NFC least. Their division being terrible. It, I mean, look at their defense. Fletcher Cox, um, adding Jordan Davis. I believe they still have Brandon Graham, Darius Slay, James Bradbury. It. It's, it's an incredible defense that I think can be even more suffocating. They have A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, um, Dallas Goddard. I love Quez Watkins. I think he's a super underrated three receiver. An incredible offensive line. Miles Sanders, uh, Kenny Gainwell, who should have a breakout season. They just, everywhere you look, they're covered. I feel like they don't have any holes where they're terrible. Like, there's not a spot on this roster that I think they are terrible, except maybe linebacker. But, yeah, I, I'm doing it. I'm buying into the hype. I have the Eagles with a 12-5 and record. Really, really benefiting off of that week schedule. Now, next in the division, I have the Cowboys coming in at 8-9. and nine. I think it's going to be a pretty disappointing year for Cowboys fans. Tell me if you've heard that before. <laughs> My goodness. But just losing Randy Gregory, their offensive line is just a mess. They were the most penalized team last year. And then their first round draft pick on the offensive line was the most penalized offensive lineman when it comes to holding an offensive penalties like that. Not really not really the way you want to go if you're trying to trying to replace the offensive line. But I mean, they have injuries too. They I I love CeeDee Lamb. I think he can take a step. But you take Amari Cooper out. Michael Gallup still needs to recover from the ACL tear, so who knows how long it's going to take for him to be full strength. James Washington is now out for 6-10 to 10 weeks with his foot fracture. Can Jalen Tolbert really step in and be a solid number two, number three guy? I don't know. And then Zeke and Tony Pollard, they're interchangeable to, to me. I think they're both good change of pace backs, but that's a problem when you need one of them to be a number one. And especially behind that offensive line, I I don't know. Now, uh, they they just as easily could be great, but I I can't see it right now. Next, we have the Commanders and Giants coming in at three and four respectively. The Commanders at six and eleven, the Giants at three and fourteen. Both these teams, and honestly, every single team in the NFC East, I can see either being good or bad. It's just their ceilings and floors vary. So the Eagles, I think they have a relatively low floor and a really high ceiling. Cowboys have a pretty high ceiling, but a meh, relatively low floor. The Commanders, they can be, I can see them going, I don't know, 10 and ten and 7. But I can also see them going like 3 and 14. So I have a meeting in the middle at 6 and 11. I, I think Carson Wentz is not going to be the issue. I think their offense is going to be 
just replacement level though I, th I think Carson Wentz is going to do all he can and I think it's going to be um, relatively similar to to his third or in fourth years in Philadelphia where he was just kind of hauling them along and I know they have Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson it's just I don't think their running game is going to be enough to take the pressure off the passing game and I think it's going to force Wentz into a couple of mistakes and I'm, I'm just not quite ready to to give them really the the benefit of the doubt offensively their defense they came on a little bit towards the end of last year but they still started off terribly I know that they're going to be getting Chase Young back but again I just need to see it so we'll have to see and then with the Giants I think that they could be a, a decent team but I, I I put my faith in Daniel Jones these ever since his rookie year I I wanted to be high on him and then he showed flashes, and I was like, okay, I think he'll take the next step. I drafted him in all my fantasy leagues, but he busted. And then going into his third year, I talked myself right back into him, drafted him in all my fantasy leagues. I was like, oh, he's a sleeper backup, but failed me again. And this year, I, I really I, I want to sell myself on it. I know they had a great draft, but until then, I have him at 3-14. and 14. Now, for the NFC North, I have the Vikings coming in first, the Packers coming in at second, Lions coming in third, and then, as you guys probably had guessed, uh, Bears coming in at last. Um, if you listen to the kind of the preamble, my little rant about how terrible I think the Bears are going to be. I have the Vikings taking the division. I, I, I know I'm a Kirk Cousins fanboy. I think Kirk Cousins is going to take this team to new heights over Kevin O'Connell, their new head coach, Justin Jefferson. I, I think he's going to go on a rampage. Adam Thielen, K.J. Osborne, Irv Smith coming back, Delvin Cook. I love their offense. I think I really think they're going to hit new heights, and I think that their defense can only get better from where it was last year. I have them going 12-5. and five. The Packers, the only reason I have them losing out to the Vikings is their offense. I love Aaron Rodgers. Not much else. Their wide receivers are a huge question mark for me, and in a passing league, I, I just cannot, it's similar to the Ravens, I just cannot put that much faith into him. I know Aaron Rodgers is going to make do with whatever he has, he's just that great, he's a back-to-back -back MVP, and I think their defense is going to be outstanding, but still, uh, it's not good enough to take it from the Vikings for me. I have the Packers going 11-6. and six. The Lions I have at 6-11, and 11. I think they'll be kind of what they were last year. It's another building year. I think they'll be a scrappy team a little bit better than last year because they added in a lot of pieces, but I think they'll really hit their stride late in the year once they get Jamison Williams hopefully back from that ACL and once things really start to gel. Jared Goff, I don't think he's as bad as everyone else does, but still he's not a superstar. We'll have to see. Have them at 6-11. and 11. Then Bears, I have securing the first overall pick at 2-15, the worst team in the league based on schedule, uh, strength of schedule. They face, like I said earlier, yeah, they're just a mess. Now, onto the NFC West. I have the Rams repeating at the top of the division. I have them going 11-6. and six. Uh, I, it's only 11-6, and six, and I know 11-6 and six is a pretty decent record, but I say only because I'm a little worried about Matthew Stafford's injury, and I'm a little worried about uh, the depth behind Cooper Cup. I, I love Allen Robinson. I know he's been showing out at camp, at least so the reports say, but I really need to see it 
um, until I can really say, okay, they'll be as great, if not better, than they were last year. And I think it's going to be similar to last year. I think that they're going to show some sparks early and then really start to catch fire late down the stretch. In now that um, Matthew Stafford's a little uncertain, Van Jefferson, I'm not sure about him either. I think that they could start a little rocky towards the beginning of the season, especially when they need to come out against the Bills. So I have them going 11 and 6. But still, that's enough for that division, uh, for that division crown. Um, next up, I have the 49ers also at 11 and 6, but losing out just based on differential. I, I'm, I'm a Trey Lance guy. I love the toolsy quarterback. I, I know it's something I fall for. I, I that's why I, I like I like Josh Allen. Obviously, I liked Mahomes, and I looking back on it, I mean, if you choose the toolsy guy prior to the draft and just say, "Yep, that's my guy," you're probably going to hit uh, more often than not. But I I do think that if Trey Lance is even just as good as Jimmy G, the rest of their roster, Jimmy G took this team to the brinks of another Super Bowl. Took him to a Super Bowl two year, two or three years ago. I mean, if if Trey Lance is just good, it's like the Eagles. It's like, yeah, it, it it's like the Chargers if they're, I mean, if they're not the Chargers, my bad, the Dolphins. If their quarterback is just good, they're going to be a solid team, and I, can go, and I have the 49ers going 11-6. and six. Now, third, I have the Cardinals going 10-7. and seven. I, I, I think it's going to be similar to last year. Um, I think they're going to potentially start off hot and then trickle down the stretch. But the only thing that I have questions about is they're going to be without DeAndre Hopkins for the, the first part of their schedule, and that's typically when Cardinals teams are hot. So that really gives me cause for pause because we don't know how the offense is going to look in the beginning of the season. I know Kyler just got paid, so he better he better show up and perform. But uh, now that he got paid, is that going to kind of get to his head? Their defense, I think, is a it, it's going under the radar how bad it is. I I know they have JJ Watt, and I know that they have people at various positions, but they don't have a difference maker. I love Buda Baker; he's not a difference maker. I like J.J. Watt at his age. He can't stay healthy for a season. He's not a difference maker to me anymore. So it's it's they're really going to be getting by on scheming and hoping to outscore people. And without DeAndre Hopkins, we'll see if they can do that. Um, I'd love to see it, but hey, we'll see. And then last but not least in that division, I have the Seahawks going 4-13. This is with me thinking that Drew Locke is going to win the job, but Drew Locke, Teddy Bridgewater, I think that, or not Teddy Bridgewater, I'm sorry, Geno Smith, I think that they're relatively interchangeable no matter which way you go. Sure, Drew Locke will give you higher upside, but I think Geno Smith will be more consistent. Either way, I I, 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 as, I, just cannot see them being a great team. With Russell Wilson, they were a losing team last year, and honestly, they only got worse on defense. And I know that they have DK Metcalf. They have Tyler Lockett. They just uh, got Charles Cross from the draft. I'm a fan of Kenneth Walker. But call him a wash with Chris Carson when he's healthy and you downgrade a quarterback, I I just can't put my faith in this team. Finally, we have the NFC South taking that division for the third straight year. I think it is going to be the Buccaneers, the Tom Brady-led Buccaneers. And I think that they're going to be 13-4, and four, which is good enough to get the one seed in the NFC. Now, I know that that's really kind of, a, kind of an easy pick to go with, but 
they 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 didn't really necessarily run it back again this year like they did last year, but they didn't run it back with the same names, but they've essentially ran it back with the same ish talent. I mean, yes, Gronk obviously retires. I think you replace him with the drafting of Cade Otten, Cam Brate stepping up, and Julio Jones as a red zone threat. Mike Evans, you got him. He's a stud. He's always good for a thousand yards and a red zone monster. Chris Godwin, you'll have him coming back, granted off an ACL tear, but you also signed in Russell Gage to hopefully pick up some of that slack. I know that you're losing out on Antonio Brown, but I think Gage. Julio Jones, Cameron Brake, Kate Otten, they can really replace the receiving targets that they missed in the aggregate. And then their defense, they they pretty much re-signed everybody. And I know that they lost out on Sue, but they bring in Akeem Hicks. And they re-signed Carlton Davis, still have Antoine Winfield Jr. I, I, I know that um, Bruce Arians is obviously gone. Todd Bowles is now the the head coach, but now I I think it really just gives Tom Brady and Byron Leftwich full reign of the offense, which is exactly what Tom wanted in the first place. Todd Bowles can just stick to his defense, which tore Patrick Mahomes apart in the Super Bowl um, the other year, so I think it's it's a recipe for success. And then I have the Panthers coming in at 8 and 9. Yes, they did sign Baker Mayfield, and I'm a Baker Mayfield guy. I, I love his swagger. I think that that's something that the Panthers could use, but I'm just not a fan of Matt Rule. And yes, you did bring in Baker, but how much is the jump from Sam to Baker going to do for you in the long run? I mean, Christian McCaffrey, yes, he's there. Yes, you have DJ Moore. Yes, Robbie Anderson, but I'm not a fan of their offensive line. Their defense is underrated, but largely the same. I just think they're essentially the same team as last year with a little bit of a quarterback upgrade, and I think that that reflects in me thinking that they're going to go 8-9. and nine. The Saints I also have going 8-9, and nine, coming in third in the division. I, I like Jameis Winston. I think that the idea of Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, uh, Marquez Calloway, Alvin Kamara, I mean, I think that their offense you can get excited about. Their defense, I am worried about. They lost Malcolm Jenkins. I uh, believe they did They did re-sign Lattimore, but again, I mean, they still have Cameron Jordan. It's just, it's so hard to get behind, especially in their division with, like, I can see them splitting with the Panthers. I think the Bucks. They, I mean, they always give the Bucks trouble. It's just, I'm, I'm really struggling not to sell myself too high on the Saints. Like, I, like I let myself... Um, buy in on the Eagles, so I have them at eight and nine for now. But I can easily see them uh, breaking that. But it, it's re- it really just comes down to Jameis Winston, especially without Sean Payton. So I'm really interested to see that if Dennis Allen can uh, continue where Sean Payton left off, keep that offense going under Jameis. I think that they'll be much better. But until then, I'll have to see it. And then last but not least, I have the Falcons. I think the Falcons are going to be pretty terrible as well. Coming in at 4-13, and 13, there's just not much to get excited about. They have prospects on their defense. I, I think they have some prospects on offense, but Mariota, who's he going to be throwing to? I think that their schedule falls 
just right so they won't be the worst team. Like they get to face um, some pretty terrible teams at home. So they're at home when they face the Jets so they can pull something out there. They're at home when they face the Seahawks, I believe, so they can pull something out there. But I, I, I just... I just cannot see them pushing for this division or even pushing to be a relatively decent team. So just to recap the NFC now, I have the Buccaneers coming in at the one seed at 13 and four Vikings having the two seed at 12 and five Eagles with the three seed at 12 with the three seed with uh, cannot talk the three seed also at 12 and five, the Rams coming in at the four seed at 11 and six. And then here's where it gets crazy. I think that the 49ers and Cardinals both make the playoffs. The 49ers with the 5 seed, the Cardinals with the 7 seed, which would leave the Packers with the 6 seed at 11 and 6. So, um, these these are just my pre-preseason predictions. Obviously, like I said, these are subject to change and I expect that they will. Maybe we'll see how this pod goes and I'll hear I'll listen to some feedback from you guys. But if you, if you want me to do another one of these right before the season starts, I would love to. And I probably will just to update my predictions, give you guys a Super Bowl prediction once we get closer to the season. But, yep, just to, just to recap, my top seven in the AFC goes Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, Colts, uh, Chargers, Titans, Dolphins. And then the NFC, it will go Buccaneers, Vikings, Eagles, Rams, 49ers, Packers, Cardinals. But yeah, I thought it would be a great time to do my pre-preseason team predictions now. It's been a little bit of a slow weekend news-wise. We did see some things come out, like Justin Tucker did get extended. And then Kareem Hunt, obviously he requested a trade. Browns denied it. But it, I, I thought it would be a great time to throw out my pre-preseason predictions. Really just... I'm at the point where I'm trying to get a feel on all these teams. I'm still digesting all the moves made, and there still are moves yet to be made. So with that being said, that is all I have for you guys today. I really hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, You can find this episode wherever you guys get your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Find it on Anchor. Share it with your friends. Share it with your family. Share it with everybody. Um, I really do appreciate all the support I've been getting. I, I appreciate all the reaching out on social media with topics to talk about, stuff like that. Um, and maybe I'm thinking about doing a mailbag episode just from DMs that I get from um, you li- you guys as listeners, both on Spotify, Apple Music, uh, on Instagram. But yeah, you can find me on social media at Gabe underscore Flewellen, G-A-B-E underscore F-L-E-W-E-L-L-Y-N. And with that being said, hope you guys have a great start to your week. Plan on dropping this Monday. Hope it's a happy Monday. Have a great week, you guys, and enjoy the rest of the week of preseason NFL football. Peace.